Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. And as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing Most Haunted Places, Canada. Just before we get to that though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes of Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, please make sure you subscribe, share with any of your friends and family. That really does help. And also uh, leave us a little five-star review. Also, jump on our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. You can, If you follow us on either one of those, you can keep in the loop for every time I post or any sort of bonus things I want to share or anything like that. We have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. And you can jump on over there. I'm going to include some video and photos uh, that relate to this episode. And of course, if you want bonus content, episodes early, and just you know help support the podcast, you can jump on to our Patreon as well. Everyone who's already over there, I really greatly appreciate you helping support the podcast. The more of you who jump on over there, the more I'm going to be able to do this podcast. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's get into this episode. Canada's Most Haunted. So I've done a few of these episodes in the past now. If you're new here, I've done Australia's Most Haunted, uh, the USA's Most Haunted, and the UK's Most Haunted. Now, with these lists, you know, how do we actually decide what is considered the most haunted locations, you know, within these countries? And, you know, there's a few different ways I guess we could go about it, you know, what uh, has the most reports, maybe the most uh, spirits, or, you know, even potentially what has the most research and evidence attached to it. And, you know, uh, all those things are pretty good uh, indicators of something to go off. But really, all you can kind of do is do a bunch of research and kind of pick and choose what you believe is maybe some of the more credible locations. For me, I've definitely done that, but also I've gone down the path of a little different, you know, what's what's interesting to me, you know, often you come across something where you go, oh, that's of course haunted because it's an old hospital or it's a cemetery, you know, something along those lines where it's very typical, traditional, people just assume something like that is going to be haunted. And, you know, those places are great, obviously, um, 
they're the most common you probably think of in these particular locations. But for this one, I really did want to try to find some maybe a little bit unusual uh, and a little different, but at the same time, there are the sort of crowd favourites. The If you literally type into Google Canada's Most Haunted, you will come across at least two of these locations we're going to speak about. So the reason for speaking about them is because they are so common, uh, but I also did find them quite interesting as well. So in the past, when I've done these episodes of Most Haunted Places, I've actually usually been to at least one, if not even two of the locations, but I haven't made it to Canada as of yet. really like to go at some point. And even now checking out some of these locations, it's definitely made me even more intrigued to make it out there and suss out what Canada has to offer in terms of the paranormal, as well as, you know, just usual holiday kind of sites. Also, just a little bit of behind the scenes. So currently where I live, we are having torrential rain and flooding and so on. It's, it's you know, pretty full-on weather outside. And in the studio that I'm in, I often record with all the lights off as well. Not even for an atmospheric kind of reason. It's because I have fluorescent lights, which are kind of the main lights in the studio, uh, and they hum. So just to sort of paint a picture, I'm literally like sitting in the dark pretty much right now, you know, sort of illuminated by a couple Edison bulb lamps uh, with it, you know, absolutely pissing down rain outside. And we're talking about haunted locations within Canada. If that doesn't paint almost a perfect picture for what this podcast kind of is, then I don't know what does, but it's just a funny thing. And I don't know, when I listen to podcasts, I often think about, you know, what sort of room they're sitting in, you know, are they, is it dark? What's kind of the vibe? But just to let you know, that's, that's what's kind of going on. And it's not even on purpose. That's just literally the sort of uh, the conditions. But enough of that. Let's actually get into some of these locations. The first location I want to speak about is the Fairmont Hotel in Banff. Now, this is the artwork for this podcast. I decided to pick this just because it was so spectacular. You know, it's a really... It's a really picturesque hotel and just the landscape. You know, Banff would definitely have to be one of the most beautiful places. And, you know, this hotel is just submerged amongst that. The Fairmont Hotel in Banff has been welcoming guests for over a century now. It really kind of gives you, when you look at it, it's spectacular, obviously, but it kind of does also give you that shining kind of esque hotel, too. Very sort of secluded by the looks of it. And, you know, it does sort of strike you as a place that. It could potentially be haunted, especially, you know, if you were there alone or anything kind of along those lines. So it already kind of strikes that interest, I suppose, just by looking at it, you know. I think that's a big thing that plays into these cases a lot as well is if something, you know, kind of looks a bit scary, not even scary necessarily, it just looks very ambiguous and you know, you could just imagine uh, people who've come through there in the last hundred years, you know, maybe it was their favorite spot. So, you know, when they did pass, that's where they ended up. Or, you know, maybe something tragic happened uh, within the hotel, which we will get into. Uh, some things have happened, but it just kind of, when you already know that there's something maybe not quite right, I feel like maybe a lot of these um, reports sort of come from that and, you know, maybe get a little bit out of proportion as well. But regardless, it does look like a very intriguing building and maybe a very comfortable spot for a spirit to call home. So the Fairmont has a few different spirits that are commonly reported. The big one probably being the bride. So this spirit dates back to the late 1920s. A young couple was set to be wed within the hotel. The bride in her wedding gown descended down a marble staircase within the hotel. It's believed something startled her and she tripped on her gown, falling to her death. Obviously, this is a very tragic occurrence. Not only did someone lose their life, but they lost their life on supposedly the happiest day of their life. And since the late 20s, people have reported seeing a spirit dressed in a bridal gown. 
people have seen the spirit walking up and down the stairs and also dancing in the ballroom. Something interesting as well is that the bride is actually featured on a stamp that was circulated throughout Canada. They did a like a ghost or haunting kind of run of stamps. And it's interesting because another location I'm going to speak about has also featured on one of these stamps. So it's kind of cool that Canada's done something like that. Uh, I can't really say I've seen that before, you know, sort of uh, embracing its sort of haunted history. Also, if you do go to the Fairmont Hotel, you can actually find a plaque at the staircase sort of giving you this little ghostly story about the bride who unfortunately uh, felt her demise and I suppose that employees and guests ever since then have witnessed this particular woman's spirit. One of the other spirits that's believed to have worked once upon a time in the hotel as a bellman and he goes by the name of Sam. It's believed that Sam worked in the hotel in the 60s and 70s and people often know that they are being served by someone a little unusual because of their uniform. The uniform that he is wearing is a very sort of traditional Scottish plaid, which none of the other employees wear. There's a fair few stories of guests being helped by this bellman and it's, it's one of these interesting cases where I feel like maybe the bride for example, is probably more of a residual haunting. You know, she passed away in that location and maybe doesn't know she's dead or is just kind of happy to live out the rest of her days. Well, I'm just not living them out, but you kind of get what I mean. Uh, In that location, just sort of going through the motions of, you know, before she died or, you know, I guess seeing her dancing in the ballroom, which is quite sad, um, sort of trying to emulate what she was hoping to do before she died but then you have a spirit like sam which is obviously quite intelligent you know he maybe he doesn't actually know that he is dead but he's still he's interacting on a much higher level where he's actually apparently serving guests where you know guests have come to the bellman's uh, counter and not had a regular the regular bellman wasn't there for whatever reason and this man a lot older than other employees kind of comes along and serves them and then you know they have mentioned to staff that this man quite a bit older wearing this different uniform has served them and obviously (laughs) no one knows exactly who that is why would there be someone uh, not on the staff serving people and people kind of start to figure out that there's this spirit that is is attached to the hotel it's believed that he died in the 70s and i guess he never quite left this is worth mentioning as well it's believed that there is a room that no longer exists in the hotel which is room 873 people believe that a murder took place in this room and uh after that that they decide to close the room off and there's you know a bunch of speculation but it does look like in between rooms 871 and 875 where 873 should be it's no longer there. There's a light fixture above every door and that is missing uh, and there's just no door there. But when you actually look and you can feel it on the wallpaper, I've seen this in videos, you can go check this out, there does appear to be what once was a door there and it's kind of just been like plastered over. But I've also done some more sort of research into that and apparently the room is still there. It's just, I believe, 873 has sort of been extended so you know it's like a double suite and the hotel has never reported a murder to take place of course that could be you know a cover-up but at the same time i feel like if something like that was to happen people would talk word would get out you know it would have been a massive disturbance for all those guests there and you know it just seems maybe a little bit more far-fetched i don't think they would lie about something like that you know there's a bunch of 
uh, places you could stay where murders and so on have happened. It's a very interesting one, but that just comes up time, time again with this particular location that supposedly there's this room that has uh, disappeared, but it, which it kind of has from, I guess, from the hallway's point of view, but I believe it actually is uh, just been a room that's been extended. It definitely seems like a place with a lot of activity and a hotel kind of makes sense, you know, with a lot of movement coming through. There's a lot of energy to play with for these spirits and, uh, you know, potentially everyone who's sort of passed and is still kind of there, they feel like they're serving a purpose or they think they are just still staying in the hotel. Why would they want to leave? Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This next location is the Gibraltar Point Lighthouse. Now, I feel like lighthouses, I feel like lighthouses are one of those things which, once again, are very I don't know if eerie is the right word, but if you ever have gone up to one at night, like I have, of course, um, they, I don't know, they're just very unusual. And I think it does just play into, you know, uh, probably a lighthouse keeper living in this location by themselves, you know, out overlooking the sea, very remote. It just, it paints a very, I guess, yeah, once again, eerie sort of picture. And that might just be me, you know, you might look at a lighthouse and go, it's literally just a dome with a light in it. That's tall. But when I came across the Gibraltar Lighthouse, I thought, well, this seems like a really interesting location. I'm curious to know more about this. And this is one of the ones too, like if you do start to look into some of Canada's most haunted spots or just haunted spots in general, this is one that constantly comes up. And not necessarily because there's a lot of entities or anything like that. I 
I have come across, it's, it's mostly focusing on one, but I have uh, looked at some paranormal researchers doing some investigation, um, investigative work there, and they do believe there are multiple entities, probably all being uh, lighthouse keepers from throughout the ages. I, I don't necessarily think this could be on the list of most haunted for that sort of reason. I think it's more so because it's got a ghost story attached to it that has just been passed down through the ages. This lighthouse is the oldest left on the Great Lakes and the second oldest in Canada. It was built in 1808 and its sole purpose was to guide ships into Toronto's harbour. So during the Battle of York in 1813, there was a particular lighthouse keeper. This fella is the centrepiece of our story. His name was J.P. Rademuller, a German immigrant to Canada. This lighthouse keeper disappeared, and after that disappearance, people start to talk and, I guess, construct maybe a story or, I guess, the events of what happened. So apparently, Rademuller was selling a homebrew, and it sounds like he sold some brew to a pair of gentlemen who weren't too happy. I think he might have ripped them off or something along those lines, and they confronted him and decided to take his life as uh, vengeance, which is obviously a very extreme reaction to potentially, you know, being sold some, like, shitty grog or what kind of have you. But that is supposedly what happened. And it even goes on to say that they potentially even uh, removed his arms as well. There's, you know, I guess you sort of have to pick and choose. Like, these sort of older ghost stories, you know, there's a lot of... um, I guess someone will say something and then it just sort of becomes fact by that. But, you know, I've read a few different opinions of that, but this is kind of how the story goes along. It's believed that these men then scattered his body in a few different graves around the lighthouse site. Then years later, another lighthouse keeper by the name of George Duran had actually gone looking for the body of this lighthouse keeper. So he started to do some digging and found a jawbone. Over the years, people have gone in to investigate the lighthouse and have seen apparitions believed to be a lighthouse keeper. There's also been a lot of audible experiences from moaning to hearing whispers of the word help and so on. Obviously, you know, in a lighthouse, if you were at the bottom or at the top, hearing something from um, either the opposite end to where you are, it's going to very much so reverberate off the walls and cause quite an interesting um, sound, you know. I guess like a small creak from all the way up the very top of the lighthouse and if you're down the bottom could sound very different. So it's sort of hard to say, you know, even wind sort of blowing through the lighthouse could sound like whispers and so on. But I did see a clip of some people doing some ghost hunting outside of the lighthouse and their camera battery died and even all their equipment batteries just start to die all of a sudden. So, you know, when you do start to think about uh, strange happenings like that, which, you know, are very common within sort of paranormal sites, you know, when you're sort of around unknown energy and a lot of electrical equipment does start to fail and so on but this this location is very interesting i think it just sort of once again paints a very extravagant kind of ghostly tale and you know it's just it comes up time time again that you know this lighthouse sitting on the great lakes uh is just one of those spots and it's a very interesting spot as well because it seems like i feel like every city has that place where you go on a school excursion you know a field trip and this seems to be that one place. I feel like if you live, you know, if you live in Toronto, or you know have visited, this may be a spot you've actually seen and know quite a bit about. And it's just interesting that that's sort of one of those spots. So I do think it could potentially be one of Canada's most haunted. Who knows? Now this next one, it took my fancy, and you know this this might be the thing where I'm I'm kind of biased. I guess I produce episodes that I find the content interesting in. You know, I guess it's like a selfish thing, but. 
I guess it's kind of what the podcast is, you know, it's how it's sort of the, uh, the foundation of it. And uh, something I probably, I don't speak a ton about my personal self on here. Uh, some of you have figured out a fair bit and like found my other sort of like social media and that, that's why I don't really hide it or anything, but you know, it's not really the place to talk about other things. Um, you know, it's not really about me, I feel. But um, one one little insight is that growing up, I guess my first sort of passion was uh, trains and steam trains. You know, like most kids sort of growing up, you know, they might like trucks and cars, bikes, but trains were kind of my thing. So when I was doing research for this episode, I came across the St. Louis ghost train and I thought, I don't know what this is obviously about, but I need to talk about it. Now, the words ghost train even I, for the most part, am going to originally think about the amusement park or carnival ride, you know, known as the ghost train, which, you know, is a pretzel type ride construction where you sit in a little train or a cart and go around a usually a very tight turning track with, you know, a lot of spooks. And well, that that is uh, what a ghost train is. But there's also a another definition, which I found very interesting. And it probably outdates the uh, first description there. And it is uh, in cold climates where I guess snow and frost would form on rails during the colder months of the year, they would run trains, no passengers or anything of the like uh, throughout the night to keep snow and frost off the tracks. And these were known as ghost trains. So I suppose, you know, when commuters would get up the next morning and need to get to where they're going to go, they were able to, all thanks to these ghost trains. But this ghost train we're going to talk about in St. Louis. If you know anything about this, you, you know, it's actually quite a popular spot within this uh, little town. And it seems like pretty much if you live there, you have gone and seen uh, the lights of the ghost train or people who come through the town. I believe it's quite a popular spot to stop and witness this paranormal sighting for yourself. So this phenomena is known as a few different things. It's known as the St. Louis Light or the St. Louis Ghost Light, or in the case that I'm calling it, the St. Louis Ghost Train. It's located near St. Louis, Saskatchewan, Canada. So the St. Louis Ghost Train doesn't necessarily give you a description of what is seen. But as I mentioned before, the St. Louis Light or the St. Louis Ghost Light kind of gives you a little bit more of an understanding. So what people are witnessing is a light from a undisclosed location. Now, the interesting thing is where this light appears is where a abandoned railroad once sat. So what people do is they go out to this location and wait to see these lights appear. And what people normally experience is a really large, bright white light that almost looks like a lamp on the front of a train. This light often approaches from a distance, comes closer, gets bigger, and fades away. Another light that's also seen as well is a smaller red light. And there's a supposed backstory to this red light as well. There's the story of a brakeman who was out checking the tracks late one evening. Uh, it's believed that when this would have taken place, it sort of outdates uh, the railroad keeping any formal written documentation of incidences like death and so on. But it's believed that he was out checking the rails and an oncoming train struck him and decapitated him. And people believe that a red light that is seen is actually him with his lantern uh, out walking the tracks. So people often see both lights, the bright light believed to be coming off the ghost train and also the brakeman's lantern light as well. Now I'm going to post a video of this light on the blog, so go check that out. I found it really interesting because I originally just read about this ghost train and you know I was trying to figure out what, what's it actually like. And then when you go see video of it, you're like, that is actually really unusual and I guess 
a big part of why it's so unusual is that when people go out there, they most often see it. It's a regular occurrence. This light seems to appear uh, when people are there. And, you know, you start to read about people who've debunked this as well, uh, and they believe it's headlights from cars. And the way that the light is so bright, there's an optical illusion going on that is caused by diffraction of a distant vehicle where I suppose trees and other objects are getting in the way. And once the light from cars, I suppose, goes through those objects or past, it sort of uh, ends up in a cone-type shape, I suppose, where the light that you're seeing is uh, a lot larger. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but that's kind of how I understand it. It's kind of like a small light source gets projected out into a bigger light source. And the way they did this is actually some uh, school students, I believe they're in their senior year, went and did a experiment. But the thing was, is the road that they assumed the light uh, of cars would been coming from didn't work. They couldn't see any of that light. And then the car had to sort of drive off more of like a beaten path. And even then, when they did see the car light, it wasn't like what uh, people were witnessing, you know, it was only for a few seconds um, as the car drove sort of up and down the road. And obviously when the car was in the opposite direction, they could see that red brake light, right? So that seems like case closed. But uh, when you watch the video or videos, uh, go check them out, it doesn't appear to be a car light, you know, the way these lights are kind of moving, uh, the way, the how long they're there for. People, you know, have witnessed seeing these up to like more than 15 minutes, you know, who's sort of just driving. Well, you'd have to sort of, I don't know how you would drive in the same direction for so long and kind of have this light in the same spot. Because from being so far away, you'd feel like the smallest amount of movement is going to throw that light off course massively from what you're witnessing. So I quite honestly don't really buy that. I think maybe some of the sightings could be from car light, but you know, it seems like a very remote part. Um, you know, this town has like hundreds that live in it. You know, I don't feel like many, there's not many uh, cars sort of driving around. It does just seem like a very easy explanation, um, you know, which a lot of people, you know, a lot of skeptics will kind of jump on. But, you know, just think about the amount of people who have seen this light and for an extended amount of time, I don't think. Uh, it could be from a car. I don't think I mentioned either. It's really interesting because the railroad tracks have been pulled up. Where this phenomenon occurs, I believe it's now like privately owned land. So it's like a fence and people can't get too close. But I think it's very interesting that this light is seen moving along where these tracks once were. It really plays more into the idea of the ghost train. You know, it's like the tracks aren't even there anymore. You know, it's this phenomena that's still, I don't know, haunting this uh, this area. It's really interesting and, you know, it's it's a big part of this town's history uh, as well as when I mentioned earlier the uh, Fairmont Hotel's bride who ended up on a stamp. This ghost train has also ended up um, on a Canadian stamp as well. So, you know, big ups to Canada for really backing your paranormal locations and stories. So this last one I'm going to talk about, <laughs> it's it's kind of, it's funny because when I came across that ghost train story, I happened to come across this as well, which is also somewhat related to a train. It's, it's related to a trolley or a tram, you can say. Uh, and this is one of the ones where I was like, oh, this is very sort of different and just kind of happened to stumble across it. This location is in Gastown's Old Spaghetti Factory. Now, this is a restaurant that is themed to the sort of early 1900s or so. And the big thing that this restaurant has is a trolley or a tram 
that dates back to 1904 that I guess is the centerpiece of this restaurant. It sits right in the middle. And it's believed that when this trolley was moved into the restaurant, that a spirit came with it. And the reason why I suppose they believe a spirit came with it was they have a photo of this trolley when it was in service. And if you look at the front of the trolley, it appears that there's this ghostly kind of figure of a man believed to be a conductor. You can go check this photo out on the blog. I'll definitely chuck it up on there. And it's been reported that this man now haunts the restaurant. There's also a spirit with red hair that seems to hang around the washroom and has learnt the staff by name. Uh, so much so, you know, that apparently staff have begun a shift, you know, they've just started working there and they quit on the first night. Um, this just kind of goes to show there's a lot of activity to the point where, you know, cutlery's moved, uh, chairs are actually placed on top of tables. According to a psychic, there is a young boy named Edward who haunts the restaurant as well. And in 2012, while the restaurant was closing, a server came across this little boy. He ran past her and obviously, you know, she's trying to close up for the night, so she has to chase him down and get him out. The server followed this young boy uh, and he ducked and hid under a table. When she leant down, she saw the boy looking up at her. And the thing was, he had empty eye sockets. Yeah, just think about that for a second. (laughs) Imagine coming across, uh, you know, you're trying to lock up for the night and there's this young kid and all of a sudden uh, they have no eyes. I'm not sure what happened after that other than the employee quitting. But I don't know, it just seems so interesting why there's so many different spirits supposedly. Uh, And it could have to do with, you know, the sort of decor. Obviously there's that trolley and the, you know, the restaurant's very themed, like potentially a lot of that uh, memorabilia is actually authentic and, you know, things sort of held on. And also, you know, depending on maybe what has happened in that um, in that city as well, could sort of answer a few questions to what sort of is going on. You know, apparently a ton of paranormal researchers, psychics have gone through and definitely confirmed that it is a very haunted, probably, you know, a, quite one of, the, one of the more haunted restaurants throughout Canada um, and probably even throughout North America by the sounds of it. So obviously, if you've been to Canada, you live in Canada, I'd love to hear some of the locations that maybe you've visited or that you know about. There's a lot of locations, obviously, that I didn't touch on at all during this. Maybe there might even be uh, more episodes of this, maybe even just Patreon exclusives as well, potentially, of um, looking into some more locations because this is this is really fun to do. It sort of really sets in my mind as some spots I like to go and check out. And I don't know, it's it's just great to... I like giving you guys a few different locations, you know, not really going too much into um, one, I suppose. I know a lot of podcasts do that where they might just focus on one spot, which is fine. But I feel like for me, I like to sort of go through and sort of paint a bit bit of a broader picture. And maybe eventually if you guys want to hear more about some... um, some spots which I'm more than happy to do as well is uh, sort of focus on some key areas especially if there's a lot of activity you know we can sort of back it up with some evidence maybe some audio recordings EVPs things along those kind of lines Um, I always like to do that but I hope this was a really cool little sort of brief overview of you know some of Canada's most haunted spots you know and let me know if uh, you have a trip book there or you live there and you're going to go check out some of these locations and let me know what you find you know if you know anyone who has found anything that's a, you know, a little bit unusual or anything along those lines. So thank you guys for joining me on this episode. I really appreciate it. I love getting to talk about haunted locations. It's always fun. You know, it's it's really fun to get to learn about some new places, learn more about 
you know, a country that I'm not really too familiar with, like the history-wise anyway, and sort of, you know, do some reading, do some viewing. Uh, it's a really great way to even just get to know more about history, you know, because obviously all of this is uh, embedded within history. So you kind of can't read about a ghost story or a haunted location without sort of figuring out when it was built, purpose of things and so on. It's always a really great sort of little history lesson. So I hope I sort of was able to give uh, you a little bit of that insight as well. So as always, please share the podcast with anyone you think might be interested. Please follow, rate us as well. It really does help. As I mentioned, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We have the Patreon. So if you want episodes early, no ads and exclusive content as well, jump on over there. And that was me looking at Most Haunted Places, the Canada episode. Thank you guys so much. I'll catch you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.